Hi, and welcome to Wisdom, Worth, and Wealth. I'm your host, life and business coach, Allison Foy, and I believe in your ability to create the life and business of your dreams. It's no longer about doing, doing, doing things to create the impact and income that you desire. You get to create more time, more money, more impact, and more love in all areas of your life, and I'll show you the way. Wisdom, Worth, and Wealth was created for the spiritual entrepreneur or soul seeker that desires to have it all. I will be diving into the realms of mindset, money, and energetics, and will be sharing everything you need to know so you can fully own your worth and expand your wealth. I believe that money is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to owning our worth and our wealth, and it is my mission to expand you and give you the shifts that you need to be to do and to have whatever you desire through stories of connection, inspiration, and perseverance. Thanks for being here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Wisdom, Worth, and Wealth. I'm your host, Allison Foy, and I could not be more excited that you are here with me today. I am so excited for us to dive in on all things money, mindset, and energy. I will be talking with you just like this. I'll be having conversations with others, filling you in on my insights, lessons, and other things that I have learned from my own personal life, my own professional life, things I have talked about with clients, but most importantly, and most fun for me, is talking with other money and mindset experts. So you can be prepared to hear some incredible stories, stories that will inspire you and stories that will expand you. And I just couldn't be more grateful for what's to come. So you're probably wondering who is this chick and why is she talking about money? Why is she talking about worth, mindset, all of the things? What does it all have to do together? So before I dive in, I would love to fill you in on just who I am and why I have this show. Because the truth is, this is not going to be just another podcast talking about money and manifestation and mindset and all the things, you know, it's a really popular field. But what I'm going to be talking about in each and every episode is the wisdom of worth and the wisdom of wealth. And those are very different things than the typical money manifestation conversations that happen. Yes, they all have something to do together. But we will be diving in deep because I have had the most amazing transformation in terms of my transformation with my own self-wisdom, trusting what that means to me, trusting my own worth, developing my own worth, and expanding my wealth. And that's what I teach my clients to do because I have embodied that, I've lived that. And so in order for us to have the things that we desire, we have to go into the details we have to get deep and we have to figure out what's preventing us from doing that. So I want to dive into my relationship with all of those things before we start to talk about what what does money have to do with everything, right? What is this all about? So my relationship with money to start off with was just not always good, right? You know, as my relationship with myself changed, my relationship with money did too. And what I've learned over the years, you know, I've been working with one-on-one clients, doing casework for a long time, for probably a few years, and 
almost four years in my business now, it's been a long time that I've been doing this work. And when I started, it was actually doing case studies, so casework. I started studying holistic health and some psychotherapy, and I was actually required to do 30 hours of psychotherapy myself. And it was then that I realized how important the mind was, right? So then I dove in and I officially got my psychology degree and I specialized in neuro-linguistic programming and other modalities. So I've integrated all of these things into the work that I do with myself, my clients, and my own life as well. And really it's been the last few years that I've been able to help people and and really become known for getting the root of not only self-worth, but also money blocks right? And in my mind, they are intimately connected. So I have the unique ability of being an intuitive. So an intuitive is someone who's sensitive to things, sensitive to energies. Um, I've always been able to have a feel for things. (laughs) Let's just say that. And I have been one my entire life, right? But I didn't always know that. I just thought I was a very anxious child. I just thought I was weird. (laughs) I just thought I was antisocial. You know, I'm a very big introvert, but the nature of my work, you'd never know that. And so to be honest with you, I, I just thought I was different. I thought I was anxious and weird and that was me. (laughs) So I just, you know, I didn't understand why I started to feel things so deeply at such a young age. And when I was 10 years old, a very unfortunate event happened. It, ca- it completely changed my life. Now, as I said, I was always a pretty anxious child, but there was no real reason for that, right? There was no real reason for that because looking back, my life was normal. My life was normal. I mean, there's things that happened, obviously, things that my family had to deal with, but my life was pretty normal. So when I was 10 years old, my life changed. My anxiety went through the roof. The feelings that I felt just through the roof too. Like my life just changed in an instant. Now that was when at 10 years old, I found out that my father was diagnosed with cancer. So I have always been a daddy's girl. We have always had that unique and special connection. And when my dad told me that he had cancer, my whole entire life changed. I remember hearing the dreaded C word. (laughs) We were sitting at the kitchen table. I was home from school that day. I, I must, I don't remember what was going on, but I was home from school and he was going for daily radiation treatments. And I, I had to be brought along because I was 10. So I didn't understand what was happening. I really had no idea. I had no idea. So when we got home, we sat down. I think we were eating or something. I don't remember the details. I just remember being at the kitchen table and we were having this conversation. And I was like, but what's really going on? Because up until that point, I had knew that he, I had known that he had had surgeries and I had known that he wasn't well, but I didn't know the details of it. I didn't know why. I didn't really care up until that point, but I, I was in the hospital now. I didn't know my dad was going to the hospital frequently. So that's when I started to ask him, what is really going on? And he filled me in. 
And I remember in that moment hearing those words, just how fast my heart broke. I remember how fast the tears just came to my eyes. You know, I remember that moment. And as a 10-year-old hearing the word cancer, all I knew at that point in time, because there wasn't a lot of people in my world anyways, in my school, in my immediate world, family members, friends, strangers even, that had cancer. And so what I knew of it was that it was bad, that it was kind of a death sentence. It was, it was a dreaded thing, right? And I just kept thinking, oh my God, what if, what if I lose my dad? What if something happens, right? And so at this point in time, he had explained to me that it was early and that he was okay and they were doing everything that they could. And you know, in four or five years time, that things would be better. So we, we all went on with life. I finished elementary school. I was, you know, everything was going well. I was coming into this person that I was becoming. And, you know, you're in your awkward phase, but I was definitely more confident as I continued to grow. But I was just about to enter high school when unfortunately we found out that my dad's cancer had come back and that this time it was actually terminal. So the thing about my dad that I admire about him, but in the same note, wish that he actually took the time to learn about this, what this really meant, was that he was always strong, right? He, he was always the strong one for the family, basically. And sometimes this meant that he kept things inside, right? And so as a young girl, I just wanted to be like dad. And so holding in my emotions was something that I thought you just do when you're strong. I thought, yeah, when you're strong for the family, when you're strong for your friends, when you're strong for yourself, you don't feel you're a robot, right? I remember going to school and imagining a mask coming over my face. Like I was immune to emotions or something. And so I got into this pattern of holding everything inside. Right? And so when my dad was diagnosed with cancer and he had over 20 hour surgeries and, you know, it was, it was crazy. Things were not looking good. But what happened was I went to high school and I didn't tell anybody. I just pretended like it wasn't happening. I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want the attention. I had had the attention. I felt like I was this hot topic for a long time in my elementary school because everybody knew what was going on in my life. And I didn't want that. I I wanted, I dreamed of going to a high school and and having a fresh start and, and here it was again and I couldn't have that, right? But not only that, I didn't feel comfortable talking about what was going on. As I said, I thought emotions were bad. I thought emotions were a weakness and a sign of a vulnerability. I was not emotionally intelligent at all, right? And this belief really, really impacted the way that I viewed myself and the way that I viewed others in the world around me. To be honest with you, I was pretty much in survival mode and I stayed like that for at least a few years. And when you think about what survival mode does for a person, 
It's like your nervous system is on high alert. You know, for a good reason, obviously, I was afraid that something would happen to my dad. I, I just remember never wanting to go to school because I didn't want to be without my dad if something had happened. That was just, that was like how strong our bond was. I was there for his passing. I was the only one there. It was the middle of the night. And I remember I slept in the living room beside him. My mom and my uncle and my sister were upstairs in our home. We had night nurses for a long time. And this was when he he was non-responsive. And, you know, we knew it was going to happen. But I was just so afraid of not being there. Because, I don't know, I just, I felt like I needed to. I felt like out of everybody, like I didn't want him to go alone, but I could handle it. That was just what our relationship was like. And so I remember praying, you know, praying to God that when I went on a walk because I needed to get some air, that I I could see him, that he would be there when I came back, right? And so I remember closing my eyes, falling asleep on this chair the chair thing, not even a couch, it was a chair, now that I think about it. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night and just thinking, well, I'll just go to the bathroom. And typically when you wake up at night, that's not exactly what you want to do. And I remember walking to the bathroom going, I don't even, I don't even have to pee. Like, what am I doing? But then because the night nurse was there, I was like, well, she knows I'm in the bathroom now. I don't want to like not wash my hands. So... I just waited for a while and then I washed my hands and flushed the toilet, pretending like I peed. But anyways, I had, I was awake. So I went and I sat with my dad for a couple minutes and I was reading him a book and um, the nurse came in and she was like, do you want to have a couple minutes by yourself? And I said, sure. And I was just sitting there reading this book that I read to him. um, And it wasn't even two minutes later that he took his last breath. And that's just like, I'm, tears are coming to my eyes because that was the extent of our relationship. That was not only the extent of our relationship, but that was me trusting my intuition. That was me waking up, doing God knows what, going here and there because I felt like I needed to for some reason. Sometimes there's things that you feel and you just don't know what they mean, but you have to trust them. And this was my example of that. So my dad and I had a very, very, very special relationship. And we still do to this day. He's been, he's been gone now for over eight years. And um, yeah, he was sick for almost seven. So most of my childhood... And adolescence and teenage years were spent coping with this loss. And even if he wasn't gone yet, it was still coping with the fact that he was leaving. And so as a child, an adolescent and teen who had no idea how to handle emotions and was in survival mode for most of my life, well, think about it. What happens when you can't relax is that you look for other things to help you relax. You look for things to help you, you know, like escape. 
And one of the most important things that I've learned from self-care is that self-care is actually creating a life that you don't need escaping from. I had no idea what self-care was. No idea. I, yeah, like very, very, very low levels of awareness about anything, right? So many people, many, many, many people, including myself at one point, escaped the challenges that I faced in my life. Many people escape the challenges they face in their life. And this can be, you know, I love, I love Gabriel Mete's work because he talks about addiction, right? And addiction is not just what we think it is. It's not just drugs and alcohol, but it can be social media. It can be food. It can be TV. It could be sex. It could be shopping. It can be working out excessively. It could be phones, it could be computers, it could be diving into work, it can be all kinds of different things, right? And so I truly believe that if we want to create a better relationship with ourselves, we need to face the things that we're struggling with, right? We need to connect inwards and instead of looking for things outside of ourselves to help us feel better, you know, and this was the pattern that I ran for years. I ran it for years until one day I was sitting in my room and just had a moment and I was like, oh my God, I don't know who I am. I don't ever feel good. My heart is broken. I can't cry. I want to cry. I don't know what to do. I want to ask for help, but because that means that I'm admitting to things being wrong, right? And so what I would do is that I would I would literally emotionally compromise myself even more because I would put on my mask and I would pretend like I was fine, right? I was very expressive with the way that I dressed. <laughs> Typically, well, I, I had a uniform in high school, so, but I could dye my hair. So guess what I did? I dyed my hair black and that was not a good look for me, but that was a way that I could express myself. I used to cut my hair off too around the anniversary of my dad's death. I'd grow my hair out all year, cut it off in December. I don't know why, but it was just a way that I expressed myself, right? And I would do these things and everyone around me was like, oh, you know, Allie, you're not, you're not good right now, right? And I'd be like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine, guys. What are you, no, I'm good, right? But the truth is I was in denial. I didn't want to admit it, you know? But I was in denial and I didn't want to go to school. So I didn't really go to school because that meant I had to face a reality that I wasn't ready to accept, right? I wasn't at the time ready to accept that my dad was dying, but I also wasn't ready to accept that he had passed away. So if I came to school, that meant facing the reality. So I was a pretty high risk teen looking back and I didn't listen to anybody I didn't like the world, you know, people didn't like me, bad things happened to me, didn't have good relationships, right? That was my world. And when I finally hit rock bottom, I realized that I just couldn't wrap my head around the things that had happened. I was 16 when my dad passed away and it took me over a year, at least almost two, 
to realize that I was actually valuing my own father's life more than mine. And life that was now over, I was valuing my dad's life that was now over more than my own. Because I was so unwilling to do any of the work around it. I couldn't even wrap my head around it. I would rather my life fall apart than to address the pain inside. Because at the core of it, I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel worthy of not feeling that. I had felt it for so long. I didn't know what my life would be like without it. And it wasn't until the moment when I realized this where I got this realization and I said to myself, oh my God, life is passing me by with every moment, with every day, and I'm not even participating in it. I'm not even fully living. I'm just going from day to day, hoping things don't get worse. And so I remember sitting in my room talking to God. I was so angry at God. I was so angry at my dad. I was so angry at everyone, including myself. And I remember telling myself that no matter what, I was going to make it through this. That I didn't know what I would do, but I would share my story one day and I would make it mean something. That my life was meant more than what had happened to me. I went through a dark night of the soul, as you say, dark of the soul, as most people say, or rock bottom moment, or whatever you want to call it, when my dad was dying and passed away. And it was only shortly after he passed away where the circumstances and events that had happened that I realized were not happening by accident. It was not an accident that I was there. In that moment when my dad passed, there were more things like that that happened that were actually divine. And so after these things started to happen, after I had that realization, I started to do things differently. I asked for help. I started to do some inner work. I went off to college, went to university. I got my degrees and I specialized in learning about the mind-body connection right? Neuro-linguistic programming, understanding how the thoughts you think influence your emotions and your behaviors. I studied the unconscious mind. I study it so deeply. I study energetics. I'm obsessed with learning how to and teaching others how to become a better human being. And I'm committed to constant evolution and growth over a lifetime. I've been studying my clients and the work that they do and how it affects your self-esteem. And self-esteem, well, I started there. I've worked with youth that were just like me. I've spent hundreds and hundreds of hours speaking to thousands of individuals across my local Toronto GTA area, but now also online in programs and workshops. And to be honest, I started with youth because I remember what it was like. I remember what it was like to have all this pain and not know what to do with it. To not know who you are. To want something more but not know how to get there. And then I started working with adults and entrepreneurs and people that 
wanted the same things that were in their businesses and it all had to do with self-worth. It all had to do with personal power and what they were holding on unconsciously. So it's the unconscious mind that holds on to all the things, right? The things that we have done, the people that we've talked to, the memories that we have. It's the 95% of us is the memory of the past. That's, that's the unconscious mind, 95% of us. And so we literally bring the past into the present every day by the thoughts that we think. And for me, it was really important to figure out how not to do that <laughs> because I wanted so much more than what had just happened to me. And so as I continue to work on myself and work with my clients, you know, I had to do hundreds and hundreds of hours of casework even before I started my business, right? And so when I started my business, I was actually trained in both the traditional and non-traditional so I have a unique integration of the two. But combined with my intuition, I'm able to get to the blocks, the unconscious blocks, the roots of problems that are usually hidden by that 5%. The conscious mind, right? The part of us that wants to make sense of things. And what happened for me when I did traditional therapy is that my 5%, the, the conscious mind, ran the show and was trying to make sense of things, but I got nowhere. I felt like I was running in circles. And so when I came across utilizing the unconscious mind and getting to the root of things, oh my God, my life changed, right? And sometimes we just can't figure it out on our own, right? So I've come a long way, but one of the most impactful lessons that I learned is we are worth so much, but society tells us otherwise, right? We internalize things and they become beliefs. And then that impacts how we operate daily. And when we're operating and running a business, what happens is those beliefs impact us with everything that we do, with everything that we think, with what we think about ourselves and others in the world around us. Money amplifies the feelings that we have about ourselves and others in the world around us, right? Because the truth is I have done so many hours of work with people around money, but I've also probably done double that on myself. You know, I didn't want to look at money. I didn't like money. I didn't like spending money to help myself. I didn't like it at all. I didn't have it, wanted it. And then when I had it, I didn't want to spend it. I felt guilty, right? But I was able to triple my income in almost half of the year in 2020 than I did the year before. And so I want to fill you in on all the things that I have done, all the amazing tips and tricks and pieces of awareness that have completely shifted me and my life and my business. 2021 is looking like a multiple six-figure year for me. And I could not be more excited, right? I could not be more excited. But I have also been at the place where I couldn't figure out even how to get clients. I was doing all the things. 
all the right things according to what everyone else was saying, but the money wasn't coming and I couldn't understand. But the truth is, it was not about what I was doing. It was about the energy I was in when I was doing the things. It was about who I was being. And so I couldn't even hold space for the money because I couldn't even receive. I could not receive. I couldn't receive a coffee from someone else without feeling guilty for it. Without feeling guilty that they paid $2, right? And so I want to help you get really clear on who you are so money can find you. And I'm not just talking about average amounts of money, I'm talking about an abundance of money. And by the way, on the way to attracting abundance, it's not even about the money, it's about who you become in the process because the money is just a byproduct of who you become, right? I have become a different person. I have become a very, very different person because I knew there was something more. I knew that getting into this work, you know, the service industry, I knew that I wanted to help people. In the beginning, I was like, oh yeah, money. I guess I have to make that, (laughs) right? And what happens with a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs is they they get into this work because they want to help people. But then when it comes to charging money, they feel bad, right? They feel bad because they just want to help people and they don't want to charge them. They want to do the exchange and all the things. But the truth is you can be spiritual and good and you can help this planet and help people and you can be wealthy at the same time time. You can do it all. Everything that I will be sharing on this podcast will be connected to self-worth and wealth. Because money and self-worth are interconnected. Money is energy. We are energetic beings. We have a certain vibration based on how we're feeling and what we're thinking. And so money Money is only one area of abundance. You can attract an abundance of love, an abundance of anything that you desire, time, energy, impact, amazing relationships. So when I talk about wealth, I don't just mean money. When I talk about money, I don't just mean money either. I'm talking about anything in the realm of abundance. And I'm so excited to dive in with you because I know what it's like to be where you are. But I also know what it's like to be on the other side. If my dad had not passed away, I I don't know what I would be doing. But I do know that I probably wouldn't be on this path. You know, sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our heads around why things happen. You know, why things have happened, like why relationships have ended, why Things have, why has COVID happened? I don't know, right? We don't know. We often try to control things and rush things. And, and, you know, the truth is when it comes to our self-worth, our own inner work and our businesses, the wealth that comes with that, we can't control the time it takes to get there, right? 
Most people start off and they go, well, I'm going to have success right away, (laughs) right? I'm going to create this one post I'm going to create. I'm going to spend hours on this post and I'm going to send it out to the world and this is going to be it. It's my big break, right? Because it's, it's immediate gratification, right? We want things to be fixed right away. We want to have resolution right away. We want to have results right away. But the truth is, divine timing is enough. We, as human beings, we do not have control over time because the universe doesn't operate on time, right? So divine timing is enough, right? Divine time gets to be enough for whatever it is that you desire. Because when we try to control things, we're basically saying, you know what? Universe, you know what? God, you know what? Whoever it is, you know what? I don't really trust that you're going to bring these things to me. So I have to do all the things to make it work. Hence, doing all the things in your business. I have to do all the things because I don't trust that if I take my foot off the gas for a second, that my life, my business will work. Right? So instead of trusting that you have to do all the things you need without putting pressure on yourself and giving yourself permission to relax and receive, you just put pressure on the universe to get you there, right? But again, the universe does not operate on human time. It's a tough lesson to learn, right? (laughs) It's a tough lesson to learn when you're human. But this is just one area that I want to share with you. And I'm going to be talking so much about all of these little mindset shifts, all these little things that I've learned over the years and have stuck with me because I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful and I'm so excited that I get to share with you some of the most amazing things that I've learned, some of the most amazing conversations with the most amazing human beings, right? I am so grateful that you are here. Know the things that you will learn here will be profound. No, not because I say so. Because the things that I will talk about here, the things that you will hear in conversation, things that I've learned, things that others have learned, clients that I have worked with, not only have profoundly changed my life, not only have profoundly changed the clients that I've worked with lives or the people that I speak to on these shows and episodes, but they have impacted so much of all of our lives. And they come from the heart. These are things that will help you evolve to the next level version of you, right? So, I truly believe that whatever you desire, you can create. But all you have to do is trust. All you have to do is trust, right? You have to be able to show up, to do the work, and be open to the possibility of it happening on a timeline that you might not have in your head because that's what happens with life. Because the thing is, when we try to control the way things go and what time it takes, how long it takes, basically, we only have one idea, maybe two or three at the most, of how things can play out. 
But the universe, in the universe, there's an unlimited amount of possibilities. So I didn't get here by putting pressure on myself. I didn't, wasn't able to triple my income because I did anything differently. It was more about who I was being and the energy that I was doing the things in. That's what made all the difference. And with every moment that I led myself to the next version of myself, with every moment when I picked myself off the floor, because trust me, I've had many rock bottom moments. It was about who I decided to be in that moment. It was about where I was going, not who I was in the past or what I had done or what had happened. I wanted something different. So when I say I believe in your ability to create the life and business of your dreams, I mean it. I mean it with all my heart. And so this show is a way for me to share the things that got me from where I was to where I am and will continue to move me to the next version of myself. These are things that I will continue to learn and use and embody because they work. So I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you for allowing me to share a little bit about myself with you, some of the most intimate moments, but most impactful moments because they matter. And I think that paints a picture of who I am and why I'm here. And so I would love to get to know you more. Love, love, love to get to know you more. Thank you again for being here and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I am truly grateful that you are in my world and I invite you to connect with me in the Worthy and Wealthy community on Facebook where you can have access to a wonderful community, free content, free masterclasses, and so much more. You can also follow along with me on Instagram at Allison Foy. It is time to become the next level version of you in all areas of your life. There are truly no limits as to what you can create. I would love to hear from you if you were inspired or expanded by something or someone that was on the podcast today. Be sure to hit subscribe to keep the momentum going by listening to our new episodes.